Part Seven of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Puel and Rhiannon, or the Book of the Three Trials. The Three Branches of the Bringing In of It, namely, the Second Branch of It, namely, the Basket of Gwythfid Nuinog, and Gwythfid Nuinog himself. Two, the Over Eagerness of Caradig Cum Taivi after knowledge and the putting of bulrush heads in the basket with the first whitening of the eastern sky pool pen annan rose up and it was a wonder to him that pendarren dyved should not have returned and no more than the two days left to them and the two parts of the old man's sorrow still to be lightened it would be well not to wait for him he thought thereupon he greeted the old man and asked for news of the second part and whether there would be need to wait for Pendarum before setting forward to lighten it. There would not be need, said the other. Many would have shown more eagerness in their generosity. See you yonder low faint gleaming in the west? I see it. The gleaming is from a sea, said he, that only ships of the immortals traverse. No more than a stone's throw from the high tide mark there, there is a marsh of bulrushes now if i sleep on any bed not made of the down from the flowers of those rushes i am afflicted with evil dreams and the destruction of my peace heretofore i was able to journey thither once every year and to fill a basket with the rush-heads and that would be enough for me from winter solstice to winter solstice but now heaven knows i am over old bent double and troubled with coughing if i journey as far as from the house to the road there will be a giddiness in my head and a misery in my feet and for lack of the rushes i am deprived of my natural rest and have no clearness of vision if any one desired to lighten my sorrow instead of waiting here he would go forth after the rushes lord said keredi cum taifi no one among the demesians was more eager after knowledge and learning and information than he was is it permitted to me to get the rushes gladly it is permitted to you said poole is it that you will go Kedidkahu? said the old man well well i will give you the basket said he with that he went into the house and between the time of his going in and the time of his coming out with the basket pendarren had held conversation with the dwarf in the forest and had had his enveloping and making captive in the basket at his bringing down magically across the plain look you now keredig cum taifi said the old man brimful must this basket be or i shall never have the ending of my sorrow with it brimful you shall have it said keredig and set forward towards the west walking his shadow was still thrown out far along the ground before him when he had crossed the plain and the pale sun-rich wave-rippled sand stretched before him down to the gleaming of the sea delicately the sunlight sparkled on the green and dark blue and purple of the ocean lazily the little shore waves ran in and curved and whitened and spread themselves in a wide sheen of silver northward the plain extended to the foot of a high gorse-grown hill running seaward the sands of the bay ended under the hill and beyond them the waves whitened on the dark rocks incessantly first southward and then northward keredig turned looking for signs of the bulrush marsh where he was to get the bedding to the north at about half a mile from him 
and where it would not be more than a stone's throw beyond the high tide mark in the shelter of the promontory he saw it while he was looking and indeed as soon as his eyes lighted on the rushes it seemed to him that a subtle music rose up from the sea and that the light and brightness of the sky were extraordinarily multiplied and that the sand and the far rocks and the headland began to glow like the shining of the sun through jewels he turned towards the sea and there was an old man in the guise of an arch-druid walking up from it towards him where a moment before there had been no one the jewelled moon upon his breast shone beautifully from the diamond acorn on his sceptre a spirit of singing seemed to flow out over the world in his deep clear shining eyes there was a look of such vision as nothing could be concealed from of such memory as might contain the whole of the stored-up secret wisdom of the world a white bird that was walking on the sand rose not on the wing as he came to her in my deed said keredig fortunate is this meeting not unknown to me is the aspect of the immortals the greeting of heaven to you keredikach kumtaifi said the druid the greeting of heaven and man to you lord druid said keredig who shall i say that it is then said he whoever it is would you take counsel from him said the druid with pride and delight i would take it said keredig it will be this said the druid many come down to the march of kelithan seeking the rushes that give clear vision during sleep but few succeed in obtaining them that will be by reason of one thing and another said he they will be apt to take what advice may be offered them after they have come to the marsh and to be over curious as to the peculiarities of the rushes and to concern themselves unduly as to whether the basket is full or not full it would be better to gather the rushes quickly and trouble with nothing but gathering them and returning and to leave the examination as to fullness for puil penanun and there will be the courtesy of gift-giving to consider also said he the new cloak will be the good gift not the worn one the whole fruit not that which may be bitten into and beyond that there will be this saying to muse upon and remember common with the over-eager after knowledge will be their coming by deception a hundred thanks to you and more than a hundred for the counsel said keredikach undoubtedly it is the honour of the world to me to get advice and counsel from one of such dignity in the middle of his speaking the druid was gone and no knowing in the world what might have been the manner of his going it would have been tad owen himself said keredig it would have been the instructor of the bards of the immortals that was counselling me he went forward along the sands towards the bulrush bed chanting these verses in honour of tadain tadawan a hand to the skies and a hand to the golden horn and a lifting of songs that shall rise round the citadel turrets of morn to the house of the east for tadawen for whose singing all singing is born the croon of the sea and the call of a sea-bird fair the glittering waves in their glee and the daughter of ocean and air and a sudden a god on the sea sands and the master of mysteries there yea he that took thought in his trance on the measureless deep saw the glimmering galaxies wrought and the universe shaken from sleep by the sound that went kindling the silence more swift than heaven's lightning may leap about him of old come gods to the gates of his school came pleneth flame mantled in gold 
ere the sun had delight in his rule ere he scattered noon gems on the sea wave or dawn scarlet and gold on the pool come alaun a child and his little bright harp in his hand to learn song that should ring through the wild that should bloom o'er the wilderness sand that should keep the stars moving in slow dance that should hearten the mountains to stand and a blemishless boy young Gurren, the third of them came and the heart of him glory and joy and the robe and the form of him flame and he learned to be heart of all heroes and the hellions of abred to tame thee lord of the breath that runs kindling the winds of the world that goes raising up music in death and where darkness and death are unfurled maketh laughter and vision and huge hope e'en when souls on the death winds are whirled that was wisdom of old and the brilliant enkindling of minds the dreams of the sea to behold and the wisdom at heart in the winds and the fathomless lore of the mountains and what song spell the firmament binds thee to thine i saw in the sunlight come up from the bay and the world in a glory of awe and all trembling the wild waters lay though thou camest not in dragon nor god guise a flame from the bloom of the day they knew as i knew the druid hid glory of a god the white robe embroidered in blue and what shone from the gem in thy rod they knew as i knew too what godhood the brink of the wilderness trod hast thou counselled the sand with some secret enfolded of old is some wonder revealing at hand that it throbs so of topaz and gold that it beats so with life to the foot-soul that it glows so with light to behold didst thou plot with the sea that where waters were moving mine eyes see sapphire and amethyst see waves berry-line opaline rise a great flood of flame of all jewels burn blue to the bloom of the skies and as for the heaven is its madness of gladness from thee was its turkish stone loveliness given and its soul sapphirean to be for adornment of rapture at hearing thy voice on the verge of the sea yea a hand to the skies and a hand to the golden horn and a lifting of song that shall rise to the gates of the palace of morn for high love of thee tidine tadawan from whose singing all singing is born the rushes were full of whisperings when he came to them such whisperings as seemed to him to hold the whole secrecy of magic and wonderful dim undreamed-of things that would be known only to a few among the druids it was a place of many pools of black waters of jewel-green and golden mosses unstable and treacherous for the foot-soul never had it been given to keredig to see such bulrushes as were growing there either for height or for beauty of growth and colour or for excellent length and soft brownness of heads but always between his feet and the coming near to them between his hands and the gathering them there was the black bog-water too wide to be leaped even might there be firm ground to light down on beyond too perilous by reason of its hungry all-swallowing mud either for wading or swimming indeed he made trial of it he was not one to fear adventuring nor was he one to give up life needlessly when nothing might be gained by losing it he made trial and that more than once of the water but it was as if the mud laid hold of his feet 
it was a marvel that he could draw himself away from it and come off without meeting destruction after that he took himself to searching for dry land from which he might gather the rushes at the end of a while he came on the opening of a path that had the appearance of leading in towards the heart of the marsh and took it there were flagstones laid down so that one might stride or leap from one to the other of them and on either side the bright unstable mosses or the bog-water and beyond and where there was no reaching them the rushes it was a world of tall whispering reeds that was about him and no seeing the hills beyond and above them and no hearing even the voice of the sea by reason of the rumour they were keeping the incessant mystery of the whispering that trembled about the pools and ran along the still waterways the farther he went into the marshland the more it took the nature of music rippling quiet mysterious subtly alluring full of the whole dream and wonder of the world it took hold of his soul he had no thought but for going on and on at the heart and centre of the bulrush region he would come to the source of it the rushes opened out before him on this side and that he was at the beginning of a winding water that might lead to the place he desired to reach and to the harper whose strings and fingers made such a mystery and melody of the marsh it was impossible for him to doubt that it would be harping there in the water at his feet was a coracle the thing he had been needing since he came to the bulrush bed he got into the coracle and paddled it along the edge of the waters cutting rushes here and there with his sword and putting the heads of them into the basket before he had half filled it he came to a winding of the water and saw that the rushes beyond were ten times more beautiful than those he had been gathering dark was the water before him bordered with the motionless emerald lines where the rushes were glassed on its surface there was a trembling of the water and a light shaking of the reeds and a soft gust of music was blown towards him it would be foolish not to go forward he said he threw the rushes he had gathered into the water and went on slowly gathering new ones where they were most beautiful at the next winding of the water it was the same in the stretch beyond there were better rushes more excellent murmurings of song at the end of this stretch i shall come on the cause of the music he said it seemed to him that he would have gathered more than the fill of the basket since he emptied it but when he looked it was no more than half full he remembered the counsels of tudine and emptied it again and went on delighting in the quiet loneliness of the marshland delighting in the sunlight on the green tall rushes in the still or rippling lines of emerald thrown out on the water from the banks delighting in the music that drifted and whispered down to him across the water he passed seven windings of the waterway and at every turn emptied the basket by reason of the greater size and beauty of the rushes beyond and going forward gathered and put more in it than he had emptied out at every turn he was drawn on by the greater nearness of the music and the better sweetness and more alluring nature of it at the seventh turn he came out into a little lake and a sunny island in the midst of it and the cause of the music was made known to him there was a maiden sitting on an old tree stump on the island her white fingers twinkling and wandering over the strings of a harp bringing out of them such music as he had never attained the hearing of during his whole life 
her hair was darker and softer and browner than the bulrush heads her eyes were like the sunlight playing through clear water when one ray may be brightening the dark peat at the bottom her raiment was brighter and of a fairer green than the reflection of the rushes on the surface of the pools about her small proud beautiful head was a crown of gold and an emerald stone gleaming in the front of it of greater beauty and brilliance than any diamond she played on watching keredig as her slender fingers wandered over the strings but no words coming from her beyond the low soft melodious crooning of magical tunes as for him he was under the enchantment of the music and without power of utterance until it should cease the coracle touched the brink of the island and he stepped out from it and stood before her then her hands fell from the harp-strings and she laughed her laughter was like the sound of a little stream in its deep course on the mountain when the gorse and heather have grown out from either bank hiding it and there will be no getting sight of the gleam of its waters from above the greeting of heaven and of man to you Karl, come tyfi she said the welcome of the world to you to the marshland of kelethen the greeting of heaven and of man to you lady of the marshland said he and better to you than to me is it you that strew magic through the enchanted region magic there is but it was made before i was more excellent is the secrecy of these reeds and rushes than anything that has been made known to you hitherto ah me said he oh that one might know what is concealed a mystery it is hard to become acquainted with there is glamour in it and wonder and the whole of the shadowy beauty of the world it will be better to me learning it than winning victories in the east and the west the impatient could not come by this neither giftedness nor good fortune would be equal to it in value i would abide here in patience for the learning not so but pool pen annan would have need of you both the gods and the holy druids covet this learning whether he had need of me or not until the dawn of the morning i would stay she laughed easy it is to obtain and yet not easy no one would obtain it without making use of the rush heads he may have gathered with his eager covetousness after knowledge and the enchantments of laughter and music and conversation that she put upon him he made little of the end for which the rushes had been gathered the counsels of tad awen drifted from his mind and he forgot the whole courtesy of gift-giving it seemed to him that one would lose no dignity giving away the worn cloak or the fruit that had been partly eaten i will do that said he if you will direct me it would be well to rest then she said it would be well to lie down on the turf here and let your head be on the rushes for a pillow and the two eyes of you closed a hundred thanks to you and more than a hundred said he and followed her counsel then she began her playing again if the music she had been getting from the harp before was wild and sweet the music she got from it now was overpowering in the subtlety and mysterious delicacy of its excellence and laden with the whole wonder of the wind above the trees or among the reeds of the quiet wind of twilight when the world is betaking itself to dream no sooner were his eyes closed than vision upon vision as it seemed to him of astounding secrecy of glamorous splendour was revealed to him world upon inward world gave up its beauty to his gaze 
the sun went down and the moon rose and still her twinkling wandering fingers travelled over the strings loading the air with beauty and mystery unknown to keredig was the passing of time at the first whitening of dawn it seemed to him that whatever he desired to see had been revealed to him last of all he was made aware of the secret marvellous peculiarity of the manner of filling the basket then the music ceased with her and he rose up is it made known to you said she in my deed it is made known deeper than the sea is that which i owe you wonderful is the power of the rushes and the music wonderful are the peculiarities of this little basket clearly i know the reason of its not being filled ah she said have you learned that by the splendour of the family of hugh gadarn i have learned it it is the basket of gwythford nuinog pool pen annan would have obtained no news of it unless you had made it known to me swiftly shall it have its being filled now with that he set it open on the ground and put the right foot of him on the rushes in it and the left foot beside the right no sooner had he put it there and the two feet of him inside the basket that whatever had happened to pendarren happened to him also there he was as if it were at the bottom of a well and there was the maiden far above him looking down over the brink ah she said common with the over-eager after knowledge is their coming by deception it would have been better to have waited until the peculiarities of the basket had been fully made known there are many that go forth to fill it but the greater part of them will fail and will come by enclosure and envelopment heaven knows and by being enslaved by the owner of the basket if they learn no more than this secret of treading it down ah keredig cum typhi said pendarendavid has the same fate overtaken you that overtook me yesterday end of part seven